Well, welcome, Brockington Road Church of the Nazarene. We're coming to you live from the library at Brockington Road Church of the Nazarene, and uh, the staff is here to do a devotional uh, in lieu of meeting together on Wednesday because we've been listening to what our president's been saying, and he has been saying to stay away from crowds of 10 or more, and so we're trying to follow suit. And we also wanted to bring you some encouragement from the staff, and what an encouraging bunch here that we've got. And so uh, I wanted to kind of go through some scriptures, but before we do, I wanted to kind of go around first. Uh, first of all, I want to ask a question. Does anybody know how to spell fear? B-I-R-U-S. You got it. Virus. That's how you spell fear. Well, coronavirus is upon us, and uh, I want to go around and ask just what are some of our maybe crazy fears that we've had or have now. And Pastor Jen said she didn't want to share any because the teens would use those against her. So we're going to talk about maybe from her younger days or an irrational fear that she may have had at another time. So anybody, Jason, you have a, do you have a, a fear that you'd like to share? Uh, I have a, I have a fear of getting up in front of people and singing. <laughs> and you do it anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. We'll come back to you, Jason. What about you, Pastor Mallory? I'm afraid of escalators. Like all things about him. It started as a child. I watched a news story of this kid and his like shoe, the front of his shoe got cut off in an escalator. And they said if his crocs hadn't been two sizes too big, his toes would have gotten cut off. <laughs> so I'm not afraid of crocs, just escalators. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come back to you in a minute because you have another one. Jan, did you think of one? Pastor Jan, did you think of it? A, a I fear? am afraid of grisly chicken. Mm. I don't know why. It's Maybe it is an irrational fear. If it is, look it up. Send it to me. Yes. I have a, a fear of raw meat, and I, 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 I don't know why. I just am scared of eating that. And uh, I don't know if it's E. coli or what, but uh, scared of that. And also, this is really irrational. Falling into a pit of snakes is really scary to me as well. And I hope that doesn't happen anytime. Snakes. Why did it have to be Jones. snakes? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and you had one, Pastor Mally, oh. you shared earlier. What, what was that? Yeah, so I've always been afraid of running out of toilet paper in both public places and at home. And this has not helped it at all. I've been, I'm not, haven't been hoarding toilet paper, but I've been counting just to make sure I have enough rolls. And I've been calling family if I go visit, like, do you have enough toilet paper before I come? <laughs> we did find out at lunch today that uh, a couple places we don't think of that have toilet paper. Remember what they were? Lowe's. Lowe's was Home, one. Home Depot. And Home Depot. So then you guys checked it while we were at lunch, and they were out. They were out. So another fear for you. Or they also didn't have my favorite brand at Lowe's or Home Depot. Yes. You have a favorite brand of toilet paper? Think of puppies. The Cottonelle brand Uh, with the puppies on it. That's good to know. That's good to know. The purple color ones, not the blue, the purple one. (laughs) Well, here's a question. Is all fear wrong? No. 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 What kind of fears are, are healthy? The Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay. And, I mean, I feel like if you're going to jump off a cliff, it might be a little healthy to have a little bit of fear. Okay. A little bit of rational thinking. Any other fears that are healthy you think of? The fear of your mother is healthy. That is good. (laughs) The Bible says, honor your father and mother. I thought you were talking to your boys. I am. Yeah, that's good. A little bit. Yeah. Any other fears, Jason, you can think of that might be healthy? Yeah, well, I think uh, the kind of the fear of drowning keeps us, you know, kind of sane about what we do around certain types of bodies of water. Yes, yes. I think there's good, there's natural fear that God has given us, self-preservation. So that's good. So if you have fear about the coronavirus, there may be some healthy 
portions to that that uh, keep you away from people that are sick uh, because you want to preserve your life. And so that's good. Well, I've got uh, about five scriptures we're going to run through, and then we'll discuss some of these, but five scriptures to help crush fear. And uh, Jason, would you take that first one from Deuteronomy 31.8? Sure. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why do you think God would, uh, would say that to his children? These are just open-ended uh, questions. Why do you think God would say that to uh, his children? What do you think, Pastor Jen? I think that if we know that God is all-powerful um, and that he'll never leave us or forsake us, then we don't have to be afraid of anything, even the worst thing we could imagine. Yeah. Do you think it was a temptation to the people of that day to fear and be discouraged? Sure. What, what, were they, what would they be fearing? What would they be discouraged about? I think earlier they had just left slavery and they kept on being like, why did you take us out of Egypt where we had food? Why are you leaving us to wonder? Yeah. Just no man's land. It was better to be a slave. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the fear of unknown. I'm coming to the end of Moses's time of leadership Mm -hmm. and I think the the fear of the unknown that change Moses is reassuring them that, that God's the one to look to, not his leadership. Yes. Yes. Uh, we talked earlier today that there's kind of this misnomer out there that in the Bible it's it's 365 times or 366 times I've even heard, one mm-hmm. for leap years, that the Bible says do not fear. And I looked that up. It's not true. It's, it's under 200, I believe. But there's still a lot of scriptures that talk about not fearing. And so mm-hmm. it must be possible for us to fear because God is always telling us not to fear. Uh, let's look at Romans 8.28. Pastor Mallory, would you read that one for us? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Okay, so what's what's the promise here? We know that in all things that God works. What? What does he work? What's he working? Good. The good. Yeah, the good. So is, does that include the coronavirus? No. No. Okay. Why do you say no? Because people have died from it. Um there's a lot of other things that have happened okay. because of it. So how do you wrap this, this scripture around the coronavirus? It didn't come from God. Right. So what's the promise in this? That he works all things for the good, right? Mm-hmm. For those who are called according to his purpose. And so even in the coronavirus, any tragedy, any catastrophe, pandemic, that God can take something that's crooked and make it straight. And so I think that's good for us to remember. Um, But it's also interesting, it says, for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Just off the cuff, I've not prepped any of them for this, but just a question to throw out. What do you think it means when it says, who have been called according to his purpose? Any of you? For those who are walking in his will. Okay. It's going to be hard to to see the glory of God come out of things from people who aren't walking in the light and following the Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Anybody else thought on that? According to his purpose? We know the purpose of God is relationship with him, mm-hmm. to serve him, to love those around us. And so if we're walking in accordance with that, that's our mm-hmm. calling, that's our purpose. And so God's going to work things out. He could make something that's crooked uh, into something that's straight. So that's good. How about our third scripture, Pastor Jen, that third one, Isaiah 43.1? Don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Hmm. Here's this idea again about mm-hmm. 
the first command is don't fear. You know, my wife and I have talked about that. She'll be concerned about some things, and uh, she'll say, would you pray for me? And I'll pray for her. And then about just 10 minutes later, she'll say, it's like Satan is not giving up. This fear comes right back into my mind, and I'm just nervous again. Would you pray again? And I'll pray again. And a little while later, Satan comes again and tempts her. And so it's almost like this idea that even though the fear comes back again and again, our defense is to go to God, go to his word and quote his word. And so that's what I do. I'll just pray with her, quote scripture in a prayer to her. But this is, don't fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So from beginning to end, we are his. We're in the palm of God's hand. And so he is going to protect us. And if he chooses not to, like the three children in the fiery furnace, they said, we're going to serve him anyway. And uh, so I think there's something good there. Any thoughts on that? Don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Anything else come to your mind? I don't want to just rush past this scripture. Anything else? Just anything at all? I like to to think about the story that you shared about speaking with some of some of the elderly in the church sometimes and some of their fears mm. and how the fears in life, the temptation to fear what we fear mm-hmm. changes as we grow older. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know that the things I fear are different than when I was younger mm-hmm. and was stupid and didn't fear anything. <laughs> right yeah. now, yes. now my fears are different. It's more about the welfare of my children and their, and, and my grandchildren and, and, and my family, uh, you know, those things, the yeah. the things that I'm tempted to fear about are are different now. So to to look to the Lord and to say, You're mine, I redeemed you. Mm-hmm. That's a that's that's a great thought. Yeah. And and then, then to say, Fear not, all these things are in my hands. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, the people in the church that have talked to me about when they were in their twenties. They had temptations and uh, things that came their way, but the temptations change with every decade, it seems, with Christian maturity. Mm-hmm. And even those that are in their 90s now, that the one said to me, do you ever fear, are you ever tempted to fear that you'll fall down and not be able to stand back up? And I said, no, that's never crossed my mind. Uh, but this individual said, yeah, it didn't used to be mine either when I was in my 40s, but uh, it is now. And so... Until we're 90, this scripture is good for us. Uh, don't fear for I've redeemed you. Yeah, I like that it also says, I've called you by name. Yeah. And I think it's just a good reminder that God cares about us mm-hmm. as people individually. Mm-hmm. I mean, he cares about all of us around the world, but about you individually. God knows your name, and he cares about you, and he wants um, the best for you. He wants us not to have to fear um, because, you know, we can have full faith in him. That's good. I like that. Your name is inscribed in the palm of his hand. Yes, yes, yes. He calls us by name. That's good. Uh, Jason, let's go with that fourth one from 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love casts out all fear. Hmm. Isn't that a good scripture? No, no, that's great. Uh, it's interesting. The Bible says it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And here, this scripture says perfect love casts out all fear, drives out all fear. So think about the maturity aspect in the Christian life. That the beginning... Uh, Jesus may have to work with us in different ways than he does at the end of our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're young, he may have to <laughs> employ some fear in us to get our attention, just like a parent does with their kids. And at the end, it's more like he reasons with us. He 
comes to us and he wins us over with our heart that he says, perfect love drives out fear. So we're not obeying the Lord out of a, oh no, I'm going to go to hell, but it's out of, I don't want to disappoint my Lord. I, I just want to love him. I don't want to serve him. Uh, perfect love casts out all fear. Do you Any other thoughts? There's yeah. a time when that, that the fear that comes on us can bring about, if we turn our, our hearts and minds to God, that it brings about reverence mm. and awe. Yes. Yeah, and then point. that should, when, when we focus our hearts and minds on God, then, then the, then the peace there, that perfect love of God, uh, can that, I think that's what comes about when we when we're when our hearts and minds focus on the Lord. James says we re- resist mm-hmm. the devil mm-hmm. and and focus on on the Lord. Yeah, and then that reverence and awe can come over us, mm-hmm. and that and that can replace the fear. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Any other thoughts, comments on that? Well, uh, how about John fourteen twenty seven, Pastor Mallory? Would you read that one? Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Sounds like there's a uh, there's a faux peace and a real peace. Uh, there's a peace that the world tries to give. What do you, what do you think that peace looks like? What is the peace that the world tries to give us? Any thoughts on that? I think the world tries to give just small moments of happiness. That's what they say to look mm. for. You know, mm-hmm. well, you can get through this with one small moment of happiness, whether it be a chocolate bar or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is for you. I like chocolate. Um, <laughs> but I think that's what the world tells us to look for is these small mon- moments of happiness that will get you through life. But God's peace is it's different than that. It goes with you anywhere, even in the times that it might seem awful. Yeah. I think sometimes the world tries to sell acceptance as peace. Like if you fit into this social mold, you'll have this mm, peace. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's very interesting if you look at our culture. Yeah. I almost wonder if uh, this they sell us a bill of goods by saying, just turn a blind eye to the things you know uh, <laughs> are going to hurt you in the end. Um Oh, don't worry about that. It's okay. Just it's mind over matter. Uh, it just it's a fake peace. It's okay. Everything's all right. And maybe the bottom's falling out. But uh, the peace. So let's transpose to what what uh, what God says here. Whenever He says, "My peace I give you," when Jesus says that, "My peace I give you," what is that peace? Let's let's start with that. What is that peace that Jesus gives us? Peace that passes all understanding. Okay. All right. What does that look like? What does that peace that passes all understanding look like? It can be constant, even in the highs and lows of life, that if we are seeking God and we follow him and that we know that we're exactly where God wants us to be, then no matter how good life is going or no matter how bad life is going or what's happening around us, we know that we're mm-hmm. still on the side of Jesus and mm-hmm. we're still seeking after him and just really trying to do our best in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's Any good. Thoughts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, we had... Uh, uh, a girl over at our house spending night with Abby. It's been a couple of years ago and we were doing our devotions one evening and um, we talked about the story of Jesus being in the boat and he was asleep and all the disciples, as the storm came in, they were frantic and they were trying to bail water and they were in this uproar and they went over to Jesus and they said, wake up, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus woke up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and then he rebuked the disciples for their lack of faith 
and he even said that, where is your faith? And um, so I asked uh, the, the, the kids that were with us there for that Bible study, I said, what would you have done if you were in that storm? I mean, they went to Jesus. I mean, when you're scared, don't you want to run to Jesus? But he still said, where was your faith? They came to him without faith, even when they woke him. I said, what would you have done? And this girl said, I probably would have just cuddled up right next to Jesus while he was asleep in the storm and laid there. And I thought, oh, that is a good answer. She said, because, you know, if you're next to Jesus, if the boat goes down, at least he's going to be right there to wrap his arms around you and pull you up to the top. And I thought, what a good example of just saying, just be close to Jesus. That's the peace that he gives. So how do we get that peace? How do we get that peace that, that passes all understanding? It's through, it's through the, His Spirit, through the Holy Spirit mm. giving to us. We give our lives to Christ. His mm-hmm. Spirit comes to us, and we, we walk with Him, walk through the Word, mm-hmm. walk in prayer, mm-hmm. walk in fellowship with believers, and uh, learn to walk closer to that peace. And I think we will be a we'll be we we drawn closer to that peace than to the peace yeah. in the world. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's it's interesting to think about the fact that before we come to Christ, we have a lack of peace, and I think that is mm-hmm. that's a good thing. And then that lack of peace drives us to want to be in relationship with Christ. That fear of the Lord drives us to Him. Uh, but then there's this sweet peace, uh, peace like a river that comes over us that when we're walking with him and doing what he wants us to, there's a deep-seated peace. Um, I've heard it said sometimes God calms the storm and sometimes he calms the child in the midst of the storm. But either way, there's calming uh, with him. Um, One more here, Psalm 23. um, Everybody knows this. uh, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, here it is, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I will fear no evil. Sounds like David made a conscious choice to say, there's all kinds of stuff around me to fear, but I'm choosing to fear no evil. Why? Because, God, you are with me. And so I think that's good for us to think about in the midst of this coronavirus, in the midst of all the stuff that the press is trying to put in our brains, to say, you know what? I've got plenty to fear, but instead I'm going to say, nope, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, God. So so what do we do with fear? We let God's power crush it. Um, And I think that if we don't, fear will crush us. So any last comments you want to make before we, we're going to have a word of prayer here in just a moment, but any last comments, any of you want to make? I do want to say that like being wise is still good, that God still gave us a brain, that God still said, um, you know, think and follow the the laws of the land and all those things. So um, mm-hmm. while we're not fearing, we can still be wise. Right. Cautious, so, right? Yeah, cautious, yes. but not, not cowering in our houses. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I would say that it's also if your kids have fears, they're very healthy to address those fears, not to just kind of push them under, Mm -hmm. but to address and to talk through those fears with your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of resources online on how to go about that. PBS Kids has a really good one. So I just think it would be helpful to talk Mm, about it and also encourage proper hand washing. There you go. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hey, Jason. I heard a Corona joke the other day, but you won't get it. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, twice you've gotten to him. Yeah. No. Uh, before, before we pray, I remember I was a kid and my parents asked me to go out. I was probably six years old. They told me to go out in the dark, to go to the end of our driveway in that home. It was probably... Oh, it's say like a half a city block to our mailbox. It was quite a ways down the driveway. And uh, I remember going out there and thinking, I'm not going to be scared. I'm going to go down to the mailbox. It was pitch black out in the country, Carthage, Missouri. And I'm walking down to the mailbox. God, you're with me. I know you're with me. And there's no one around me right now. I was just praying out loud, no one around. And I get out. I'm looking now to the side of the road. Still don't see anybody, but you just kind of start feeling things coming towards you. And I remember opening the mailbox pulling the mail out and shutting it and then kind of taking this big gulp and heading back. I'm not going to run because God, you're with me and I'm walking back and the fear got so great that I took off at a dead sprint. I ran all the way back to the house like a little wimp. And so I want to say, Hey, you know, sometimes we do fear and sometimes we do mess up and sometimes we, you know, we let the, the fears of this world crowd in on us and rob our joy. But if you're like me, you have to just say, okay, God, I didn't, totally take your promises into effect in my life and apply them like I wanted to, but give me a second chance. And, uh, and he will, and he will. Well, thank you guys for doing this with us. This has been fun. Kind of fun to sit down and dialogue with you guys. And thanks to Jared Tompkins for putting this all together. So, uh, he didn't want to be in it, but he's prime part of making this thing happen. So, uh, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll be finished here. Father, thank you for, uh, the fact that you are always with us. You will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Father, that you are bigger than the coronavirus. You are bigger than any fear that we will ever have. And so, Father, I pray that um, any temptations we have to fear would be met by your Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, you know that we are sheep and that we are in need of a shepherd. So would you continue to tend our souls, pull us close to you? And I pray, Father, that um, our faith would always be bigger than our fear the faith that you've put in us, the faith in Jesus Christ. So, Father, I thank you for each one around this table. I pray your blessings over them and their families and all those that will be viewing this. I pray that you would bless them and their families. May their family devotions be rich. May moms and dads, uh, grandparents even, gather their families together and just to pray together and to ask you to manage all of their fears. And, Father, for all of this, we'll be careful to give you praise. And before we conclude, Father, I, I do pray your touch upon our nation upon our leaders, give them continued wisdom to know how to handle this. Uh, those in the world that are, that are struggling with this right now, we just pray that you would just uh, take this whole world, the whole world that's in your hands, and uh, that you would just touch us, Father, touch this world, bring about healing, and may we turn to you in the process of this. And we'll be careful to give you praise, for we ask in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.